But that's what I'm saying. I think that was our first time interacting. And it was just a high bye. Probably, yeah. We were both on the same show, and it was like probably didn't watch each other's sets type shit, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Yo, show. Aguayo, right? <laughs> yes. It's Mar- okay if you don't say it right. I'm not tripping. Marcella Arguello. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you'd be okay if I didn't say it right. Because I know you, Marcella. I know you. You're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna start some stand-up bit. You know what I hate? These dudes that can't even say my name right. And they ask me on their show and they can't even say my name right. See, that's why I'm say scared my name, of you. Say my name. That's right. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. That's so funny. uh before we get to bitch grow up, you're special. Uh, I want to catch everybody up how we first met. And if okay. this is the first time you remember us meeting, San Francisco Cops Comedy Club. Was that the first time? I don't think that's right. I think that's right. You mean for New Year's? Yeah. No, we met way before that, but like years, years, years ago at a random ass L.A. show. That's for sure. Really? Because to me, that was my second time like being with you. Were we on the same show? Because so, this is different. Maybe we were on different shows then. But here's the difference, too. I'm sorry to cut you off. As I'm thinking, because when you do a show in L.A. like we did a lot, yeah, you really never see anybody. You do no, your you part don't. and then you bounce, right? But that's what I'm saying. I think that was our first time interacting. Okay. And it I was just a high buy. Probably, yeah. We were both on the same show and it was like probably didn't watch each other's sets type shit, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Get out of here. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. When you were backstage, when I met you at Cobbs, you were so nice and pleasant. And <laughs> like, like super nice. I was like, wow, she's one of the nicest people. And then I dug into like your Twitter and different things. I was like, oh, she like, like, I don't want to say you're a different person, but like your persona online is different than the person I met, like hung out with. Does that make I any mean- sense? I, I will admit that if I'm new to interacting with someone, you're not going to get full-blown me being a bitch to you. Like, okay. I, I know that people aren't comfortable with that. You know? I got to earn that. Is that what you're saying? Well, I also like, you know, some comics are very sensitive. You know, comedians are sensitive people in the sense that the reason we're good at stand-up is because we are sensitive to the world around us. We see things that other people don't see. We can interpret things people aren't, you know, they're just not seeing it. And the flip side of that is a lot of comedians are pussies um, and just the most sensitive people you've oh ever my gosh. met. Have you, have you been in a fight with a comedian that you can talk about? What do you mean? What do you mean fight? Like, like an argument where y'all just didn't like each other. I mean, there's a lot of comedians I don't like. <laughs> but do they know that you don't like them? Like, Probably, do they? Yeah. Really? Oh how, yeah. I guess. I guess my thing is, I'm never around comedians that much, so I don't know how that. How does that happen? Do you see their set and you make a snide comment, or they see yours and talk crap about you? Well, it's more just like you know, you know, because like in that green room, uh, the cops comedy green room. It's first of all, that was a different type of environment because it was a New Year's Eve show, so yeah. you know, the stakes are a little different. Um, but, and a, like, a, let's say we're doing a, let's say we're doing a Wednesday night at Cobbs and okay. it's like the variety, you know, every, like the local, everybody, uh, show and, you know, like I'm, I'm going to bust balls. I'm going to absolutely bust balls. Uh, people interpret it or take it more, maybe more offensive because I'm a woman, you know, like, 
And then it's like if somebody bombs, I'm gonna I'm gonna make fun of it a little bit. I'm gonna put fun of that shit, you know? Like, damn, you didn't really fucking get them that time. Like, why'd you Why'd you do that to us? You know? Like, and some comics enjoy it. They love it. They're down the bus balls because that is what we should be doing yeah. as comedians. Uh, and some don't like it. And some, I think, you know, there's a lot of a lot of men. I just can't take it from a woman. It's really fucking funny to me. So do you and, do you run? That's another thing I want. Do you run into that a lot? Like yes. men just can't handle you like yes. Co co comics. Yes. And actually, I would actually say some of the older comics are worse than the younger comics. The younger comics, I think maybe because now they've seen me do stand up, like maybe when they started, I was already like, you know, somebody they're already watching maybe on at midnight or something. Yeah. And. Uh, so they they enjoy it because they're like, oh, that's how she is. So like, I'm so glad she fucking roasted me or whatever the fuck, you know. And so that's kind of I, I'm actually enjoying spending time with some of these up and comers, these younger comics. They're just they get me. They have more fun. They like it. They're also like used to women who are a little more like confident and and well, and I, I, assure I, themselves. I think the big switch from just when I started. How long you been doing comedy? Seventeen years. So I've been doing it twelve. And the big switch I've seen just in the 12 years is I remember my first five, six years, every time a female comic com came up, they would say female comic. Right. You're next I was about to correct you right now, but I was like, oh, I see what he's doing. No, yeah, yeah. Because I would never call you. I just, you're a comic. Yeah, but yeah. anytime there was a female on the lineup, they would always have to say, uh, coming up next, we have a great female comic. And yep. I found, even 12 years ago, I found that odd. You know, yes. that's like saying, well, our next black and Asian comic. Yeah, exactly. Is, <laughs> like, okay, I, I, I guess we got to get ready for that. Yeah, right? So I, it, it's good to see how comedy is progressing. And I also yeah. feel like after podcasting became big, comedians were like, yo, we need each other. So absolutely. we're going to be nicer to each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, how was it? Because I've opened up for Hassan as well. How was your time with Hassan? I mean, it's great. I mean, I've known him since we were open micers. Like, I've known him forever. And, like, and there's another one who, like, you know, he got famous. And it's funny because I still bust his balls. I bust his balls just like I did, whatever, 15 years ago. And... It's funny watching other people get uncomfortable because they're like, oh, you can't talk to him like that. And it's like, yeah. no, man, I can because he is someone I've known forever. And like, first of all, what? Shut shut up. You know, like, <laughs> what are you talking about? There's no like a certain way you're supposed to talk to people, you know, and I think it's weird when comics lose that banter as well. You know, like it's weird to me. But yeah, it's cool. I love opening for him. He, His wife and I are very good friends and um yeah, so it's great. What what is uh because you know, I, I know I blew your mind yesterday when I said I lived in Las Vegas. You're like, oh my god, let me tell you something about Las Vegas. It's the best move I ever made in my life with me I, and the Bro, I believe you. I you blew my mind in a very positive way because I'm always like, you know what it is? I'm thankful when comics who have families get the fuck out of these awful cities that are like they're not family friendly. Like New no. York and LA are not family friendly. And, and I, I, I love it when I find out, like, I'm like, oh my God, you care about your family and your yes. man. I love that. Like, God, you have no idea how much I love and respect that when I see it. You know, the one thing I, people always see Vegas as just the strip, but man, once you get like outside the strip, it's one of the most kid friendliest places. It's a regular ass. Yeah. My, I got it, homies that live out there. I know. That's why I'm telling you. That's why I was like happy when you told yeah. me. Yeah. Like, hey, good for him. Good for you. Because to me, if you're not in the industry and hustling hard, why even live in L.A.? Exactly. Because because once you start to pop in comedy, if you're just touring a lot, you can do that in a different city and not have to deal with L.A.S. You, just, you know you what I mean? You need an airport. 
Just need an airport. Just need how, an airport. How is the comedy scene? Has it changed after COVID, the comedy scene in L.A.? Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, shout out to all the people that quit. I appreciate you. I respect <laughs> you. We did not need you. And <laughs> I'm glad you're gone. Um, you got then, more spots now. Is that what you're saying? You know, I think the shows are just more full of uh, of life, you know, full of passionate people. You know, like we have all the people that want to do comedy right now, you know, and even the younger comics who started during COVID, which is a wild thought to even have. But like they're also just more passionate and they they really love comedy. And I think that um, that's nice. It's putting like fire under people's asses. And it's just it's nice to that that comedy has changed in like a very good way in that. Um, the people who are doing it now are really doing it because they love it. That's true because, you know, it made you reevaluate. COVID made you really reevaluate your life. And, yes. and that's another reason we got out. It's like, I don't need to live here. I'm at a level where I could travel, do sure. my thing, and I don't have to be there. You know what I mean? Uh, for yeah. you, what did it change in you? Is it but away from business? Did you reflect on anything and did it make, did it change you in any way? I mean, I will... So at 2019, before, you know, COVID shut everything down, I remember going into 2020 thinking like, I need to take breaks, man. Like I toured too much. I, I'm hustling too much and it's not worth it. Um, like I was like, I need to like have like, I need to do like two weekends a month max because I was like, I can't do every weekend. This is like not a good way to have a life. No, there's there's nothing going on. I'm not getting any rest. I'm not like enjoying myself. So I already went into 2020 being like, I need a break. So like, of course, it kind of rocked my world to be like, oh, I'm like on a 24-7, 365 break now. Okay, cool. But it did kind of help me uh, undo all that wiring of like needing to always be out, needing to always be working, needing to be busy all the time, needing to be hustling. If I'm not working on one thing, I need to be working on the other thing. If yeah. I'm not even working on that thing, I need to be thinking about the next thing. And that killed that. It totally killed it. I was so glad because now... I do feel like I have a better balance in my life. Like, yeah, I tour, but sometimes like if I'm touring, if like, like I have a weekend on the East coast or something, I'll get there a day early with something I never did before or two days early. So I can like get that rest, yeah. get, get with the time zone, like feel good, feel rested by the time I'm on stage. Cause I'm realizing that's the shit that matters. And I do want to maybe not see some of these cities, but like, I want to be rested and well-fed and not rushed and you know, that yeah. type of shit, you know, like no. that, has really been the improvement for my life. That that's awesome, and, and it, it's great that like people find those little things during COVID because a lot of us we knew it was going to come back, we just didn't know when, right? Yeah, exactly. But exactly. when it did come back, we go, okay, I have a different game plan because I'm the every two weeks, every other week, I do a show. Sure. I'll leave town, so I yeah. do 24 to 26 shows a year across the country. And that's it. So, oh, that's I, and, and then I just, I, what's so amazing, the comedy seller in Las Vegas, like they take such great care of me. Big shout outs oh, to nice. Esty. Like they always book me. So I'm always working out. And that's why I was like, when you said Vegas, when I told you Vegas and you got excited, I was like, yo, man, I think you got Austin with the Rogan people. Sure. But Vegas, I'm telling you, it's that next spot. Yeah. It's that next spot. I think, yeah, I, I think a lot that. of comedians from LA, because I know a couple, big moves happening in Las Vegas. And I think it's going to move a lot of comedians. That's great. I, I think that's great because especially, you know, that was the other thing with, with COVID. It, it, it made comedians who want to for sure do stand up really be like, no, I for sure want to do stand up. And then yep. the comedians who were like, actually, I want to do more TV or actually I want to do this, that, the other, right. Or whatever. It's like, it really helped everyone define where they want to be and, and how they want to approach it. And that was cool.
Do you feel like, because, uh, you know, your image on stage and, like I said, social media and things, do you think that's taken any opportunity away from you? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah? It has. I know it has. I know it has. And I'm, I've kind of like... How do you balance uh, that? I mean, I... I think since I was a kid, I've just been very comfortable with the fact that I would rather be myself Mm -hmm. or I would rather make sure that I'm happy. And, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm always happy. Of course, you know, I still have to deal with some of the repercussions of my own actions. I know that. (laughs) But I'm also like, good, you know, like actions have consequences. I'm a big believer in that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm even now it's like I have to grow and I have to like figure out what the next move is and figure out like what I really want to do um, in terms of like the next hour and and the touring and all that shit. And it's, it's also that thing of like, if I'm not accepted as myself, I don't want to be accepted. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that's a big part for me. And it's interesting because I literally was just having some of these thoughts earlier today because I was like, Oh yeah, if I hadn't done that, I'd probably be doing this right now, you know? And, but again, it's like, I'm very much like, I want to be known as me in the same way that like, I think we all know that Patrice O'Neill really struggled with, you know, how his personality really hindered his career. And he knew that. Yes. And, um, and I, and Mark Marin is another great example of someone who took, you know, some of the bad shit he had in the past and he, you know, flipped it on its head when he started doing, um, the WTF, WTF pod. And, um, so I'm in that space right now too, where I'm kind of trying to be like, okay, what, what do I do with this now that I've, I'm a little more in, in the world of this industry now that I have this special and, you know, what's the next move and um, how do I continue to be embraced as myself? And I, I feel very fortunate that, like, I've been able to get away with what I've been able to get away with, you know, um, and I just want to ba- basically keep getting away with my own bullshit. Do you feel like, because the big new thing on Instagram is clips, crowd yeah, yeah. clips. Wait, can I also add something else to that? Yeah. You know, because I think that um, what, exactly what you said earlier, it's like, oh, when I meet you, you were you were met, you were so nice, and then on in your your persona on stage or on Twitter, it's like it's whatever, it's aggressive. I'm a bitch, basically. But I'm like, but I'm still nice. Do you know you what are. I mean? Like at the end of the day, I'm still a good person, and I sleep well knowing that. Like I'm not like some vindictive asshole, jealous, like you know, rude, not rooting for people, like. I'm a very good person. I just have a fucking attitude. No, but you are a great person. I do know that. And that's why it's it's kind of like like I brought up earlier. It's like, you know, you say that your image online is a bitch, but I never saw that. So, I mean, nobody's ever brought that up to me, but I would be like, no, she's a great person. You know, that's... Sure, yeah. And I, But I, I also know that, like, uh, the concept of, like, a woman being a bitch is, like, it's so hard for people to understand that, like, you know, is she being a bitch or did she just not give you what you wanted? Is she being a bitch yeah. or did she, you know, tell you the truth? Is she being a bitch or, you know what I mean? And I think that also, going back to, like, the younger generation, they're more uh, inclined to understand that, like, oh, a woman has an attitude not for no reason, you know? Like, dude, one time Phoebe Robinson, I opened for Phoebe Robinson pretty regularly, and one time she tagged me on her Instagram stories because somebody – she was doing like one of those Q and A's you submit and somebody was like, um, you know, your opener was like, uh, really mean to me. And, and at this one LA show and she was like, my opener was Marcella and, uh, mean to you. What did you say to her? Cause you yeah. must've said something because she does. She's not a bitch. She reacts, but she's not a bitch. 
And uh, and she was right. And that girl even admitted because she heckled me and she said some wild shit to me and I simply reacted. And then that's that's why I always find interesting is that people's inability to accept their role in my reactions, you know. And let me tell you, it's a thing where I feel like the big trend and I was leading to the, the big trend on the Instagram right now is crowd work clips. Sure. And I feel like now you can't go on stage without people just yelling stuff from the audience. Absolutely. Yeah. I think. To me, I think it's, look, if you're great at it, that's phenomenal and it's blowing up cer certain people and that's great. But I also think a lot of times for comics that aren't crowd work people, it's not good because you have people just yelling out stuff trying to get on Instagram. Yep, Do you feel the exactly. same way? I do, but I'm also good at, um, I am good at crowd work. So like, yeah. I'm good at um, being able to regulate, you know, I've also opened for headliners who don't want to ever do crowd work. And I've always been a good like feature spot for them because I'm good at, you know, regulating like which person I can get to shut the fuck up and which yeah. person I can tell the staff, like they need to go because they I will not shut the fuck up. And that's going to be a problem for the headliner, you know, because not every, not every headliner likes it. Um, and it's it can it's tricky, and I agree. Like I have noticed, people heckle way more than they ever. Oh, have it's before. it's especially in Vegas. I mean, it's I like believe pe it. People people trying to be on clips. Now. <laughs> like, I know it's weird. Yeah, but look, no no knock to the people that are blowing up from it. But I mean, it, I it, do knock that a little bit. We should knock it a little do, bit. Do you think so? They're posting too many. It's it's incredible. You know you know what I really don't like. I saw who was it Matt Rife who like. He was like, you guys need to stop coming to my shows and heckling. It's like, bro, you got to stop posting these fucking clips because like yeah. you can't, you know, keep posting the thing and then complain about it. You can't. It just doesn't Yeah, if, you're, if, if your whole thing is posting interaction with the audience and then being like, yo, you know, you got all these young girls screaming at you. I mean, that's what you're posting. Yeah. That's, that's what people. Yeah. You're blaming it, the victim here. And yeah, you're right. It, and here's the thing. We are what we post. Whether you, whether you don't believe in social media or not, you are what you post. Absolutely. Yeah, you know? I am a bitch. You're right. Why do you gotta keep bringing it up? Well, you know, bitch, grow up. Let's talk about that. <laughs> bitch, grow up. Uh, HBO Max. Like, was there any relief of doing it and relief and stress? Because, you know, I've shot two specials and it's a thing where once you release it, you're like, oh my God, I got to create new stuff. Or yeah. did you already have a bunch of stuff and this was just 30 minutes of the chunk you already have? Yeah, a little bit of both because I was actually, um, I had an April before, I recorded it in July and in April or May or something right before that. Um, I was recording an album because I was like, I'm done with this material. This material is done. Yeah. And like, you know, you just know when you're fucking sick of telling these fucking jokes. And I was like, oh, let's record this album. It'll be my second album, whatever. Nobody wants my material. So fuck it. Let's do an album. Bro, I had the worst weekend probably ever, <laughs> probably ever. And we recorded it. And um, it was funny because those jokes that I love that killed did terrible bombed i had i had to go to crowd work i had to go to like old stories that i never tell on stage because that weekend was like so weird and we're still going to release that album pretty soon but um where was uh, it at can you say it, in fort collins and um it's interesting because i've performed there plenty of times before the comedy fort i love their venue their audience is usually on point that's why i chose that space but it was like uh, graduation weekend uh. and like hella like parents and grandparents were home and it was funny because you think that they'd be the problem but sometimes it was like the student 
was like uncomfortable that their grandparent was laughing at a sex joke or something. And yeah. that's what made it kind of even more funny. It was like, it's not like people are not having a good, good time. They're just not having a good time with each other. Yeah, um, I got so, you. So that kind of sucked. But then it was like, fuck, I, now I still have all this material. So when I got that call in, I think, June, so it must have been like one or two months after that, I was like, oh, perfect. I can do all this material that I was ready to get rid of. And it was a trip when I was editing um, the album after editing uh, the special because uh, I was like, wow, I'm literally hearing me bomb on a joke that crushes on the HBO special. And it's also that thing of like, yes, comedy is objective. And like, it's it's also funny to me that like you can have jokes that get an applause break that people a room full of people will fucking not respond to like will yeah. not like you know yeah i that's what i love about comedy man it's it's literally no matter what show you do you get exact same setup and everything two different yep. responses two different responses. and it's so humbling too when <laughs> you sell a lot of tickets somewhere and you go somewhere else and it's like yo nobody's here you yeah. know I, I, that's what i love about it though you know yeah. until you get to the sebastian bill burr joe coy whatever that level where you know everywhere you go is going to be yeah. sold out and you know what i'm not in a rush to get there like yeah. i always think about that like i i i have always loved that Bill Burr's first hour was when he was 40. I love yeah. that little fact because I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how it should be, you know? Um, also, people are more interesting when they're older anyways, you know? Uh, yeah, and, it's true. And I, I I, keep thinking, like, I am not in a rush to, like, do sold-out theaters, and that's where I try my new shit or hope that my new... And then because they already love me, they're down, and then the you don't know if the material is actually weak or if it's strong. Like, I have yeah. no desire to get there quick basically it's it's interesting like i have friends and you have friends as well selling out giant venues practicing material yeah that they don't even know that but now they're so big that's the only vin that's like their improv that's yes. amazing 13 to fifteen thousand people is your improv i went to uh a show and <laughs> this is like i went to a show and i was looking at eighteen thousand people in a venue and i go all i need is 14 of these rows a show and I would be set for the rest of my life. Yeah. Just 14 it. rows out of this whole, like 14 small little rows out of, it was three to 300 to 500 people in that section. I go, if I could have this, just that little 14 row thing, every show, good. I'd be set. It's I'd a be trip. Set. It's, it's so, a trip. When, since you're so close and like what, what comic comics, it's so close. What do you think? And if we all knew, we would all do it. But what do you see mostly is the through line to all these people that kind of like blow up? Oh, God, that's a great question. I mean, I feel like, well, time usually, yes. right? Like they've put in the time. Yep. Um, but I I think that it's that consistency um, that, uh, uh, what is it called? Like the determination, the like, um, I, I will be doing this. Like they yes. are so focused that they make it happen. Like it, you know, I, we all know that we could keep doing this forever. Right. But it's like, a, what, you kind of get to navigate where you want to go with it, you know? And, um, I think a lot of comedians that get to that level, they manifest that shit. Cause it's like, I just think about someone like Quinta, right. Who, you know, she's, I knew her through stand up and, um, to watch her like make the pivot. Like I remember having the conversation with her at my, at my women's monthly show, women crush Wednesday. She was like, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna do stand up anymore. And I was like, what? Because she's so good. She's all, yeah. she's just naturally talented, naturally funny, just like mm -hmm. perfect no matter what the fuck she's doing. And, um, 
talking to her and it was like, and it wasn't that long ago. And she was like, I'm going to quit stand up. And, uh, I was like, no, you know? And then it was like, well, I, you know, she was basically like, I want to pivot. And she was determined and she was focused and she made it happen. And I will also say that you, that combined with, um, having a supportive partner, mm-hmm. I fully believe those two things are what really take people to a level that is like unmatched. A hundred percent. Cause I feel like once you have that supportive part, I've gotten like, I've be, I've unfriended people who've cheated on their wives. Cause I'm like, she was there for you. you <laughs> it's so kid. true. Like, how dare you? She, she let you do whatever the fuck you wanted. Like she sacrificed for you. Um, because there's so much of that, like, that that uh, that supportive partner that like lack of stress that because dating really like i think it ruins a lot of people's everything you know and and wastes a lot of people's time yeah everybody every comic i know that's doing well even when they're young usually has like a supportive partner and i i've i've always been like man that's the missing key piece for me for sure so So you still see how how is it finding a partner for you it was it took a very long time. Um, and, uh, it was really difficult and, uh, I'm very thankful that I have found someone who is very supportive and is, um, just so great and not, not stressful at all. That's the whole thing. Like my wife is amazing and my kids. She's great. I love her. I love following her. You guys are beautiful together. The children are beautiful. But let me tell you, once we got together, my whole career changed. And like you said, it really is a support staff. It's it's a person you know when you come home, you can tell them anything. Yep. And they're going to have your back and they're going to help you make the right decision. Like I remember when I told her I was getting out of entertainment television and just doing comedy and we're going to take a big hit. She was like, let's go. Let's do it. I got it. Let's go. Yeah, that's great. I love yeah. that. That's how it should be. And that it, it relieves the stress and this doubt. And it also like I don't know what it is where it's just like you do need someone to be like, it's going to be okay. And you're like, yeah, it is good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't know why we need it, but it's also just like, I also just dated a bunch of chaotic dudes who just treated me really badly. And it was like, oh, yeah, I just didn't need all that stress while I was pursuing it's, my dreams, you know? It's amazing you would be with a guy because you're so outspoken with a guy that would treat you badly. You know, like well, you, it, it's, I, I, I would feel like you would sniff that out so fast. You know, I, I have a lot of people that say that, but it's, you know, the problem was always that like, I date who dates me. Right. And I always yeah. think about that Whoopi Goldberg quote where she's, where they were, they asked her like, Oh, you only date white men. She's like, no, I only date who wants people who want to date me. And just mm. happens to be white men. Right. And for me, it was like, I, I was like, I'm just going to go out who, who wants to date me because you can't think about being an assertive or aggressive woman. It's like you can't force guys to like be in love with you. You can't force them to like treat you well. You can't force them to do any of these things. And I've also learned to like, I just stopped pursuing men because I was like, they don't like that. Like, I don't care how many men say they want a confident, aggressive. They they do not want that. Men want what they want. Like women are to me will adapt more easily to a man's looks or personality or whatever the fuck. But I feel like men are not as adaptive unless they're like really fucking ugly. Then they have to be, you know, (laughs) they'll go with the flow for anything. then, Right. Well, I told my wife this and I I said, you know, women want to think they're the reason the guy settled down. And Mm -hmm. I go, no, a guy has to be already in that mindset. Yep. Like, because I told my wife, if I would have met you 15 years ago, this wouldn't have happened. Exactly. You know what? You know, so it's really it's really a thing where a guy has to reach a point where he says, you know what, I'm ready to settle down now because I tell everybody this. 
There's dating to date and there's dating to get married. It's two different sure. types of dating. You know what sure. I mean? So when I started dating and get married, that's when I found my wife. Oh, wow. So. That's beautiful. Now, now, since I live in Vegas, you were telling some cool stories. You love Vegas. I do. Well, so I didn't go to Vegas. We went as kids, right? My parents would take us and we always had a blast. Um, and then I never went as an adult because I could give a fuck. Yeah. And then, because I, I kept hearing all these terrible stories. Like everyone I talked to was like, oh, it's awful. And oh, it's gross. And oh, no, I lost money. And I was like, why would I go? Like, I'm not. Yeah. If you tell me that something is shitty, like I'm just not going to do it. I don't need to experience it myself. But then some of my homegirls who um, were, they go every year, multiple times a year, they were like, no, 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 no. We don't do what they do. They're like, we spend money and like have a good show, you know, yeah. have a nice hotel, um, make sure to make reservations at a nice restaurant. And I was like, wait a minute, that sounds great. What? I didn't know that's <laughs> yes. what people did. And then, um, and then I actually got some of like, I don't know if you know Lydia Popovich, she's a great comic. And, um, cause she also would do Vegas, but with some of her friends. Um, but I, I was like the shows she would go to, I was like, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. And then one weekend she found, uh, that Mariah Carey, uh, was playing one night and Jennifer Lopez was playing the oh. next night. And so she was like, do you want to go to this? Cause I don't want to go with the people I go with because they are not going to be super into it. And I know you will. And I was like, you know what? Not only will I, I have some other homegirls that you don't know that would be down. So we did this like super fun ass weekend where we saw Jayla Mariah Carey back to back, which is wow. two different shows and two outstanding shows for two different reasons. And, uh, you know, we ate at Bardot, like, oh my God, we had the best time. And I was like, yeah, this is why I want, this is how I want to do Vegas forever. I did right? the, like fancy schmancy shit. And I was like, that, that's the Vegas I want to do. That's be the, Vegas, the, the, uh, the Vegas that people talk bad about. That's when you're young and you pass out broke. places and, and you're, you're broke and you and don't know how broke. to drink and you mix your drinks. And yeah. Like, you, yeah. Exactly. You like fucking buy a bottle at the liquor store because you don't yeah. want to spend. And it's like, no, I didn't, I didn't want to do, I never wanted to do that. But I was like, those are the people that were inviting me. And I was like, I'm not going with you. No. I none of it sounds safe, you know? Yeah. Like it's a very, like the way you did it was sexy. It's a very sexy way you can do Vegas. It was so grown and I loved it. And then like the next year we did Bill Burr and Magic Mike back to back. And that was so fun. And, and, you know, I'm friends with Nia. So it was like, yep. she like got us all this shit on his writer just for us. And we just had a blast with her and it was so fun. And she loved it too, because, um, uh, she just what her homegirls don't like do that every time she's at Bills in Vegas, yeah. which is totally understandable. But she was like, Oh, hell yeah, this is gonna be so fun! And we just had a fucking blast, it was awesome. That's the way to do uh, Vegas. That's the way to do it. All right, let's Save talk your about point. your special before we go. Bitch, grow up, tell me about it. What, what, what can people expect from you on this special? Growth. Like that's the mm -hmm. whole thing is because um, someone was like, "Is it? Are you telling yourself? Or are you telling the audience?" It's like all of us. We all need to grow up yeah. a little bit. I don't care where you're at in your life. We all need a little bit of growing, and um, it's like it's just a great introduction to me and my style Good. of comedy and what I'm capable of. You know, one-liners, stories, little riffing here and there, um, and I'm very proud of it because it's it's a if if it's people's introduction to me, it's a really great introduction to me because it kind of gives you like all of the things that I can do. That's great. Now, uh, do you feel that because, you know, the cancel culture was big, but I actually feel it's going the other way because I said something on stage the other night and somebody said something and then people started booing that person. So I feel like, do you feel like the Wait, pendulum? What do you mean? 
Well, I said something, and then a person didn't agree with what I said, mm. and they spoke out against it, and then the crowd got mad at that person. I like mean, they I were feel being like too that's sp- always been kind of common, though, don't you think that like if I don't somebody? Know. Well, I feel like during cancel culture, those people, the the jumping on that person would kind of shut up. They mm. wouldn't stand up. But I feel like now the pendulum's swinging the other way. I mean, I definitely think that uh, audiences are figuring out that they need to do a little research before they go watch stand up. And I think that was a problem for a long time is that you can't just fucking buy it. I am so tired of people who are like, you do all this research to like go see Beyonce or you see that band that you love. But when you want to see comedy, you just fucking buy tickets for the weekend, no matter what is going on. It's like, don't you want to know who's going to be there? Don't you want to research a little bit? I was so happy one time I was in Sacramento and, um, this this girl she was loving my stand-up to the point where i was like oh she's a fan but i i i'm pretty like pretty aware of like who my yeah. really super regulars are who love me and i was like i've never seen this woman so i was like did you come to see me and she goes yeah i i went to look who was here this weekend and i look i saw your little bio and i was like wow she's accomplished a lot and i googled you and i watched your clips and she was like and girl you were so funny i was like i have to come see her and i was That's like great i was like mind blown because so many people don't do that. And I wish people did because it's like you should know what you're getting yourself into. Just like a restaurant. Don't you look yeah. at the menu if your friend invites you for reservation somewhere? You look at the fucking menu. Yeah. And it's also like you just can't go out to a comedy show and expect a good time because it's so oh. subjective. What that yeah. comedian is talking about, you may hate. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I do think people are finally realizing that they need to look up who they're going to see if they're like on a whim wanting to go. Dude, I was in San Francisco and like that's the thing on a whim which is fine if you love comedy then i agree that on a whim is fine if you really are a comedy fan then yes you can just buy tickets whenever you want and enjoy yourself or whatever Mm -hmm. but there are people who don't do that and that one night in san francisco i did like back-to-back shows and these guys man they did not know me they were like not into me and i was like you fucking morons why are you sitting in the front row like please what is wrong with you look up these and they're like tech bros i was like aren't you smarter than this like don't you know (laughs) yes and then and then like the next show was like same thing two brothers sitting in the front row never heard of me bought tickets on a whim but as i'm talking to them because they say no we love comedy and so i started fucking really roasting them hard uh-huh. And they loved it and i was like yeah they are they are comedy fans these guys yeah. love comedy because they don't they've never heard of me and they love that i'm making fun of them and good that's how it should be if you actually love comedy yes you can go any weekend no matter what right absolutely absolutely bitch grow up where can people find you on your socials at marcella comedy across the board everywhere i'm uh marcella m-a-r-c-e-l-l-a comedy and so are you already working on that next one? I am. I'm, I'm working on it. It's, uh, you know, I had some leftover material, you know, yeah. from before. So that's sitting there waiting. And I am, I'm working on new shit. But I also, you know, I was opening for Ralph Barbosa this weekend. And it's fun working in front of other people's crowds because that's how you yes. know, right? Like you can because my crowd, again, my crowd is going to love my shit no matter what the fuck I say. And that's not challenging to me. I don't have a yeah. real idea of how the material is going. But I did it in front of Ralph's crowd. And it was like, man, it's interesting performing in front of younger people who maybe don't know exactly what they believe yet. Maybe don't have all the life experiences yet. Um, and that was fun, like doing that new shit in front of them. Cause I'm like, okay, this needs work because if they're yeah. not into it, I don't want to do this. Yeah. hundred percent. If you want that feeling, just go to a college. You'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> do colleges. You'll find out real quick. That's true. <laughs> 
Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with thank me, Thank you for Marcella. having me, Michael. I'm going to come visit you in Vegas. No, come to Vegas so you, you can come to the house and we'll, we'll do it right here. I will. I will. I'm excited because, yeah, I'm so I'm like so happy for you. I, I always uh, get so happy when people like make a move that I know is for their mental health and their family's yes. well-being and shit like that. I'm like, good. Hundred percent. That's what it's all about. You got one life and you should enjoy it and not be to me. It was like, let me tell you the last thing I say about L.A. When I lived there, it always felt like some weight that was on you because everybody's mm -hmm. in the industry. So sure. everything you talk about is about the industry yep. here. After this, I'm going to go pick up my son and nobody cares about what I do. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what's beautiful. There's you know? freedom. There's freedom. There's freedom. Freedom. I'm free at last. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.